Okay, well, good afternoon. My name is Danielle Putnam with the new flat rate, and I've asked Suzanne Vedevin. Is that how you say your last name? It is. Great. I've asked Suzanne to join me today. This is our member day. We do this once a month here with the new flat rate, and just talking about different topics each month. So today we're going to be talking about customer service and some quick training tips. The reason I asked Suzanne to join me some of you may or may not know her. Hopefully you received some emails from her. She was promoting this webinar for us today. And she joined our team last fall. She is a success coach with us. So she works full time at the new flat rate, but after hours, she actually is answering the phones for Penning Plumbing in Michigan. So she is very much on the front lines of customer service. She has the after hours calls where people are mad because something went wrong that day or happy because something went great that day. Mm -hmm. uh, trying to get something set up for the future but regardless she's very much in touch with what's going on on out there on the front lines all the time she's got her, her thumb on the pulse because she's still involved with the plumbing business and also as a success coach for new flat rate she's talking to so many of you guys all the time so she hears a lot of war stories every single day and uh, I'm so glad that you could join us so thanks Suzanne for jumping on with me thank you for having me so we're going to jump in and get going again. If anybody has any questions, please feel free to interrupt, add at any time. You can chat in. We'll be moderating it along the way. Um, if I don't see something, Suzanne, please uh, call it out to me to make sure that we can uh, be interactive as we go. Webinars, I know that just with the state of what's going on right now in the economy, um, with the coronavirus, there's a lot of webinars happening, which is awesome because we have time for training, but it can get really boring. And so I know you don't want to just sit here and listen to me talk for too long. Uh, be sure and, and interact as much as possible. Just make it more fun for everybody. Ready? I like to start with something funny. And uh, this little slide here, it's a quick little joke. and says, it's a pedometer. It shows when you've gone the extra mile to satisfy a customer. And it made me laugh when I saw that. Uh, we had a, a team member that had one of those on her arm. And last year, I went into her office and she was sitting at her desk moving her arm. I was like, what are you doing? She says, oh, I'm getting my steps in for the day. I was like, you're cheating. You're not even walking. But how often do we think, you know, of all the steps that we're doing or the movements that we're making, but we fail to go the extra mile for our customers? What is true customer service today? I wanted to start with this slide because you know, customer service is so basic. I was talking to Suzanne before this call. I said, you know, really some of the main points that I'd like to point out, and I'm sure we have some business owners on here today, some CSR, some dispatchers, uh, all different levels of the company, a uh, lot of different people on here. And so your, your main primary role may or may not be to do customer service. But with customer service, you know, it's so important to have empathy. We want to empathize with the customer when they're calling, when we're talking to them, that we feel their pain. Uh, you know, it's one of the main components of customer service. And when you hire a new employee and you tell them, hey, uh, you know, so-and-so, I'm so glad that you've joined our team. Your job is customer service. That's what you're going to be doing for us. This is how you do it. Maybe we give them a process manual. Maybe we just give them a telephone and a computer. And then we walk away and we assume that they're going to do a great job and always smile and always be happy and always be perfect with our customer, right? How often do we forget to go back and to check and to listen in on those calls to see if they're actually representing 
our company uh, well? And are they actually showing empathy to the customers? Suzanne, you have any comments or anything you'd like to add about the word empathy? Yeah, sometimes it's just nice for the other one on the, the other end of the phone just to be heard. They just want to air what they feel or if they think they experienced. And so just having somebody at least listen to them, it makes them take their concern a little bit lower after they've expressed it to you. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. I added on here two other bullets, safety and sanitized work environment. And the reason I did that is because what we're facing today, um, there's a lot of safety concerns when it comes to performing work in the home. And then, you know, how can we respond? So if a customer needs something done and they call us up and they say, hey, you know, can you get somebody out here? They may or may not want to tell you their true concerns about you bringing in a virus into their home. But of course, you're concerned as a business owner about your technicians and your teams going into these homes too, because you want to keep your employees safe. So on the phone is a great time to interject uh, with a script and to start telling the customer what your plan is when it comes to safety and sanitization right now, uh, just due to the state of, of what's going on in the economy. And, and Suzanne, you posted a tech tip about that this week. Do you have any comments about that? Um, it's, just, it's real important for um, the homeowner to understand what safety precautions are going to be taken by the technician coming in, as well as they, uh, they like to hear that you're also thinking about the person that you're sending into their home. Mm -hmm. So I found that people are honest and they will say what their concern is and they appreciate hearing that we are also concerned about who we are sending in and they are forthcoming with um, symptoms that they might be experiencing or other families members might be, be experiencing and they will allow that call to be pushed back to a later time or date when, you know, they think that that family member may be feeling better. Mm -hmm. But health and safety, uh, those are two things, even before the virus, that mm -hmm. the homeowner, you know, really put the antenna up when, you know, the technician goes into the home and, you know, can identify a health or a safety concern in addition to even the repair that they came out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that goes along with customer service you know, it might be easy to think of customer services just happening over the phone, but it's not. It's even on site when we're there with the customers, very much so. And so uh, safety and health is, is really important. But the dispatcher can also set that back up for that conversation. If they ask, you know, do they have any, um, you know, health or safety equipment, you know, hooked to their unit today. So, I mean, if they make notes for the technician and they kind of open up that conversation, you know, they might be interested in a Remy Halo or something like that when they get out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good, good point, Suzanne. Great customer service focuses on treating the customers well, answering their questions and concerns and exceeding their expectations. Something that we like to practice and I feel that I'm terrible at it. I forget all the time, but I like to tell my team to do it. So hopefully they do. But when we receive a phone call, to assure the customer. So say the customer calls into Penning Plumbing and Susanna answers, you know, hey, this is Suzanne with Penning Plumbing. And the customer says, oh, I have a, a leak in my water heater. A great response for Suzanne would be, well, you called the right place. I can help you with that. Because right away, we wanna assure the customer 
that we're glad that they called. They called the right place. So write this down. This is a script that should be added for all of your CSRs. You called the right place. I can help you with that. So let them be able to take a moment, a sigh of relief, and have some, um, well, relief, knowing that you're going to be able to solve their problem and you're going to help them. So even if you're not the person that they need to be talking to, if you've got to transfer the call or have them speak to somebody else, you're going to help them with that. They might be calling in with a complaint. Hey, you've called the right place. I can help you with that. I'm going to get you to the right person. I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of and I'm going to follow it through all the way. So that's a great thing to add to your script. Uh, we want to treat the customers right and answer their questions. And then customer service is important also to remember uh, keeping loyal customers is way less expensive than getting new ones. We want to build long-term loyal relationships for life uh, and loyalty both ways. So customer service, there's, you know, you ever stayed in a really nice hotel where the minute that you walk in, it just feels awesome and you're treated so wonderfully by the hotel staff. And you think of that hotel often anytime you go back to that city. Oh, I want to stay there again because I had such a great experience. So customer service is also about creating the experience for your customers. A couple key essential skills are empathy, communication, product knowledge, and problem solving skills. And this is so basic. You know, I'm not trying to tell you something that you already know, but again, write this down because we need the reminders. We need the reminders to go back to the front lines of our business. Anybody that has anything to do, any interaction with customers in our company, they are doing customer service in all different levels. And so it's important to go back and to check does my team have good product knowledge on what it is that we can provide? Do they know when we add new services? Did I forget to tell them that, oh, by the way, we now do uh, fogging. We do sanitization now. We actually do water heaters now. Do they know that or do they not know? So what kind of product knowledge do they have? Do they have problem solving skills? And that can be as basic as the ability to clarify. So when a phone call comes in or when the technician's out in the field, for example, and the customer asks a question, the importance of your team member to be able to say, to clarify what I hear you saying is this and repeat it back to the customer. It's really important for us to train and to retrain our team and to visit and to make sure that they are doing these things and not assume that, oh, well, I hired them and I gave them that process manual, so surely they read it and they know how to do customer service. We all need to be reminded. Suzanne and I answered the phone the other night after hours and I forgot to say, you know, oh, you called the right place. I can help you with that. And when I got off the phone, I was like, shoot, I know better. And even I mess up and don't do it. And the importance of training and retraining our teams to remind them of the processes that we want them to be following when it comes to interaction with our customers. Any thoughts or comments? Um, cust great customer service is getting to the heart of the issue and providing a solution for that customer. Just because they're calling you and you, they think it's one thing, it might be something else. So like Danielle said, listen and really try to see what the issue is, the root cause of the issue of why they're calling. Mm -hmm. You know, how often does somebody call and they're upset because a spouse maybe that you know asked a question there's pressures often that are happening in other areas of the home and so the person that's calling you may not be upset they might just need clarification 
so that they can communicate back with somebody else in the home. So it's your Suzanne listening to find out what really is the problem, especially if it's a scenario where somebody's upset. What are you really upset about? And what I found is a good way to do that is, is you listen to them first. Mm -hmm. And then what I do is then I back them into the whole TNFR process. You know, when, you know, I, I asked them when the technician came to the door, did they introduce themselves? You know, did, you know, and then I go through all the parts of the script, did, you know, all the way through, did they ask what should we do at least three times? And I asked, mm -hmm. what did they like about that menu choice they, they selected? And if I find that the, they say no, I do believe the customer and, you know, then we go back and retrain the technician. But if they do say yes, that they followed the perfect TNFR performance, um, at the end of that call, that customer's reassured why they picked that metal in the first place again. So sometimes it's just backing them through the process. Great point. You know, some of us aren't as good at asking questions as others. We sometimes forget and feel like we have to have all the answers and do all the talking. But to Suzanne's point, asking the questions to back them through the process is a great way to, to get to understanding. Essential customer service skills require patience. We have to be patient enough to not try to just jump to a conclusion, feeling like we can just assume what the customer needs what their pain point is. Uh, that, of course, also goes along with providing options, you know, with new flat rate, is that we can't assume that we know exactly what level of service they want, but being patient as they're communicating their problem. You know, I find my husband and I, we bought a, an old home. We have a hundred year old home. So of course we did all the renovations. We spent eight months renovating it. Uh, that was two years ago. And even now we're constantly having to work on it. The next house we buy, oh man, Lord willing, it's gonna be brand new, like right off the truck, because I, I don't wanna to have to go through this again. But on Friday, this past week, we had a whole new roof installed, uh, because of course we had rain coming in all over the house. And then on Tuesday, this coming week, we're getting a new water heater because our water heater's leaking in the basement. It's always something, but my point is, you know, my husband and I communicate really differently. So when we're having contractors come over, my husband's always the one that's working with them and have, getting lots of different quotes. And he likes to explain everything that's happening. Say, hey, we need a new water heater, which one should we get? But he wants to go through and show them the location, show them the whole house, show them where all the pipes are, talk about you know, how we use water around here. And that's just his personality. And he needs to know and feel like they really are seeing and hearing what he's communicating. So going back to being patient with customers, sometimes there's just different personality types. And you know this, I'm not trying to you know, preach to the choir. Uh, we already know these things, but being reminded that we have to be patient and allow people to explain their concerns. And sometimes people just want you to, to care about what they care about, care about their home, because this is their home. A positive attitude, very essential. You called the right place, I can help you with that. Isn't it nice to call and talk to somebody on the phone that's happy? is a grumpy person. Nobody wants to talk to a grumpy person. Listening skills. This is getting, uh, you know, harder and harder right now with technology. We all have cell phones uh, probably sitting right here on this call. Everybody's got a phone. Some of you might already be on Facebook sitting there looking at your notifications because we, we, we zone out so quickly. We all get bored so quickly. We don't stay engaged anymore. 
How often do you find yourself on the phone with a customer who might be telling you an issue and then you're looking over here on another device to see you know, something else that's going on? And that's such a bad practice. It's so unprofessional and I know that we can do better. And when you walk around and look at your teams, you know, remind your teams, A, that's not allowed at your company. We wanna be a company that stays focused. We wanna ask questions. We don't wanna interrupt. We don't wanna assume. We wanna repeat the key facts and we wanna write down important points so that we don't have to re-ask. And how often do customers uh, feel that they need to repeat what they've already told somebody? Oh, I already told Suzanne why I need somebody out here. Why do I have to tell you as well? It's very frustrating for them to have to repeat that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. This is funny. I found this joke funny. You can pretty much get bones everywhere. I just love the atmosphere here. So on the screen, if any of you are just listening in, we've got a, 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 an image of two dogs at a restaurant being served bones. And the dog says, you can pretty much get bones everywhere. I just love the atmosphere here. And don't we like an experience, an atmosphere, a feeling? Don't we go back to it? So the feeling of a job well done, the feeling of, wow, they came into my home and they did a great service. Wow, when I call that company, I get to talk to Lisa and she's always happy and excited when I call. How to make your customers feel valued. Everyone loves to be acknowledged, even in small ways. You know, the most important word that anybody can ever hear is their name. I've said this on a couple calls lately. This book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, it's old school. I read it for the first time probably, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, so long ago. But how to win friends and influence people is caring about other people, putting them first, finding out about them, using their name, because that's somebody's most important word to them is hearing their name, saying thank you, express your appreciation, pay attention to their inquiries, listen to feedback. When customers give us feedback, listen. Make a point to understand our customers. Make them feel that we actually care. Let's talk about difficult customers. Suzanne, do you ever have anybody difficult call you? Oh yeah, definitely. Especially after hours because the spouse came home and maybe the spouse wasn't in the initial conversation or um, they want to understand why they made the decision they did. But, you know, backing up to my other point, I listen to them. And when they are through and they know that I've heard what they had to say, I just go back through the process that our technicians are supposed to follow. And, you know, if they do the perfect TNFR performance, they bought into the solution. So it makes my job, you know, a lot easier. I mean, we were getting two, three complaints a week and I might get one a month if that and like I said if, if it's not a per, if it's not perfect TNFR performance I'll stop right there and I'll just say you know what is it going to take to make you happy they might say $100 off $200 off and we give them that um, but if it's perfect TNFR performance by the end of the call they're yeah I chose that option because or my wife chose that option because she wanted the warranty or she you know wanted that new piece in there so she didn't ever have to worry about that again. Mm -hmm. What are you finding right now uh, and, and when you're talking even you know to new cut rate customers and to pending customers you know just with the current state of the economy people are scared they're feel fearful 
you know, they may or may not want to spend money right now. Some people are home and still have money coming in and so they're fine spending money. Uh, they don't want uh, any kind of sickness in their home, but there's just a whole new level of stress that wasn't there before. Are you hearing or seeing any kind of more difficulty levels than before? Well, I think across the board, if something breaks in their, they know they're going to have to spend money before they would have to take time off work. Now it's, they might have somebody come into their home that's sick. So, you know, they still got a stress level when something is not working the way it should. And they also have the stress level of, it's not a new hairdo or a new shirt that I can show everybody. It's actually getting a piece of equipment back functioning how it was working yesterday before it broke. So nobody really wants to spend money on, you know, something like that. But uh, again, you know, it's all about attitude. They, from the, from the initial call take to the technician, you know, presenting that option with a smile and being enthusiastic that if I can do this for you, all my concerns are taken care of. And that homeowner is choosing mm -hmm. an option close to the top because they don't want somebody back into their home. Mm -hmm. And so the, 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 People that I'm talking to over the phone that are presenting the me uh, menu are seeing success. Okay. Higher than what they would think that they were doing um, before the menu, even in this time. Interesting. When someone yells, it's our natural response to want to yell back. It's hard not to yell back and not to fight. My mom always said to me when I was growing up, a soft answer turns away wrath. A soft answer turns away wrath. And that always plays in the back of my mind. A soft answer turns away wrath. And so if we can be calm and build rapport with empathy, it's going to go a lot faster or farther than yelling back. Remain calm and sincere. Take the one big problem and break it into smaller, more manageable pieces and highlight the customer's main priority or their main point, pain, the main pain point we want to focus on and uh, not all the other things on left field. So that's going to come to clarifying, you know, definitely communicating and clarifying what it is that the customer's concerned about. Use all your resources. Like we've said, stay focused. Thanking the customer for bringing the issue to your attention. Walk the customer through the next steps to reaching a solution to their concern and set up a follow-up time with the customer if needed. That's really great information. Walk the customer through the next steps. Mr. Customer, this is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to happen. This is what's gonna happen next. You know, something I've been researching and learning about this year is the importance of not having any dead ends. So not only in customer service, but in marketing, in business, in general, in every relationship interaction with our customers. Hey, we were out here and we serviced your needs today. Here's what's going to happen next, even if it's a happy customer, letting them know the next steps. The next time you will hear from us, let's say we did a great job on a repair today or a replacement, you're going to hear from us in 30 days when we call to follow up and make sure that everything's working just as it should be. Or maybe, hey, you're going to hear from us next year when we come back out and we do our plan maintenance again. So let the customer know next steps all the time is uh, really a big piece in customer service too. You know, we promised that this would be a, essentially a quick call, uh, you know, about 30 minutes. We can definitely talk longer. If anybody has questions, we could be on here all day. Um, but I wanted to share hope for the future with creative call taking when it comes to customer service. So it looks like I might have one or question that came in. Oh, Heather asked, what do you do if the, fall 
if they follow those steps and they just don't want to solve the problem. If you follow the steps and they don't want to solve the problem. So if the customer doesn't want to solve the problem, what do you do? That's such a great question, Heather, because it's so relevant. I know all of us have had that happen. So Suzanne, if you have tried to back through, tried to clarify, tried to offer something else, but the customer just won't see it that way, what do you do? Um, I just put the question back on them is what is it going to take for you to be happy? And that's usually when they come out and actually, that's usually when you hear what their main concern or issue is. You know, it might be money. It might be, you know, they want you to come out and do something else or they want you to talk to, you know, their spouse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good advice. That's right, what will it take? Hey, I hear you, I care, I wanna help you, but what will it take to make you happy today? Mm -hmm. Great point, great question, Heather. Continue to ask any questions in, inter interact with us, anything you wanna talk about when it comes to customer service. You know, again, some of this stuff might be repetitive for some of you guys, and some of it might not be, depending on where you're at in the organization and what you do for the company. Um, but as a business owner, remember the importance of doing what I call the executive ride along is every once in a while, pulling up a chair next to your CSRs, next to anybody that does customer service or pulling up some of those, it's so painful I know, but some of the call recordings, just to do some quality control to make sure that the customer service portion of our product, of our business is actually, um, you know, running on all full, all full cylinders, making sure that they're really serving your customers like you expect them to be, making sure that they're following the processes. You know, I hate to listen to calls. We uh, record all of our calls at our office and I think it's painful because we all make mistakes all the time and we like to think that we're perfect. So, oh, anytime I'm like, oh, I should go listen to some calls and see how so-and-so is doing. It's painful, but we have to do it so that we can get it right. The other day we were on a team call and, uh, I noticed that one of my team members wasn't doing a key step in a process because they had never been trained. And this team member had been with us for a year. Whose fault is it? I mean, I'm not the one that trained them, but really it's my fault because I, I hadn't done any quality control to make sure that they best knew their job. And so right then and there, I trained them during our team training and it took two seconds. And now all of a sudden that person can do the job right. But boy, I should have noticed that sooner, right? So we have to get up next to our team members, listen in on the calls, whether they're recorded or they're live, do ride alongs with your techs in the field, make sure that they're interacting with your customers the way that you would have them interact. Uh, let me check my questions again real quick. Oh, Heather said again, this just happened to us and we asked them what it would take. They told us to just think on it. We didn't know where else to go with it. Okay, so Heather's saying, Suzanne, that she said, hey, what would it take to make you happy? And they said, you think about it. So they wouldn't even tell her what it took. They wanted to put, they wouldn't take any responsibility. It looks like they just wanted to push it off onto Heather. So we didn't know what, where else to go with it. Yeah, unless she clearly understood what, you know, their, their pain point was, you, you know, that's hard to work with and provide a solution that's going to make them happy. You know, if it was cash, 
you know, I mean, you have a lot of different options. You can refund money, you know, if they didn't do something that they should have, that you could do another service. You could provide them another service call fee, um, free of charge to come back out and take another look, send another technician out to take another look to see, did that technician really do what they should have done? Um, but if you don't know what the pain is, then, you know, for her to try to offer a solution to that customer is really unfair. Mm -hmm. you're not going to meet that person's need. Yeah, good point. And we actually have a lot of people on the call today. Uh, quite a good turnout. We've got 54 people. So if anybody else has an answer for Heather, be, you know, feel free to chime it in, write it in, I'll read it, or um, maybe you can write it in for everybody to see uh, and, and definitely interact and help each other out here. There, and then, of course, with customer service, we all know this. There's, don't we sometimes feel there's always those people you just can't make happy? And so you fire that customer. The concern today is, well, then what about the bad reviews, right? We don't want to make them matter because we don't want the bad reviews. But if it's somebody that if you know that your customers, I mean, that your company treated them right, that they followed the steps, they did the processes that your company has set up, and you offered solutions, and you offered to give discounts or help or whatever it is that you needed to do, and you tried to make them happy, and they still would not be happy, um, is there times when we can just walk away? Say, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it's not very often, but sometimes it does get to that point. I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm sorry that we can't meet eye to eye. You know, we really want to help you resolve this, but until you're, you're willing to let us help you, um, then we might just have to sit here and, and checkmate and wait, which I hate to do. So if anybody has any answers for Heather, please chime in. Hope for the future. Mm -hmm. Now, we, we know that there's companies all across the country. Some have lower call volumes, some have high call volumes. Fortunately, the weather's starting to change, and so we're seeing some, some call volumes go up, which has been great. And then some of the states are under lockdown. I know here in Georgia, we're about to go under a two-week lockdown where only essential business can be done. And fortunately, our service providers are essential business, and so contractors are able to still work. Um, but there's a lot of people that can't. Fortunately, there are also a lot of people that are working from home and do have income coming in, so they can't afford to get repairs taking place and emergency calls and things like that, which, which can be good. But I strongly believe we're going to come out of this. We're going to come out of this for the better. How long it's going to take, when that's going to be, nobody really knows. But when we come out of this, I want to talk about creative call taking uh, with customer service too. We have a video on YouTube, it's called Creative Call Taking. And it really uh, walks through how to prioritize your customers as they come in. I wanted to start by saying the customer's right. And by right, I don't mean the customer is always right. I mean, you know, what is their right? Their right as your customer. Just because they call you and ask for service today is it their right to get service first? Is it their right to make demands of your team? Is it their right to be able to be, you know, difficult and mean and mad and, and grumpy at you guys? I don't think so. You know, I, I think sometimes we feel a little um, uh, empowered, enabled. Um, those aren't the right words. 
but a customer might, might call in and feel like the customer's always right and it's my right to get service when I call in. But right now, you know, we have to take calls in order that benefit our, our business. And so safety is a big concern right now, the health of, of your company, of your family. And then of course the income is a big concern for businesses right now. I know a lot of businesses are really watching their cash flow to make sure that they can make it through uh, the current crisis, which is very wise to do. And so looking at safety, health and income and all those things, when we're measuring and taking in calls from our customers, we want to serve them. We want to treat them right. But we also have to look at our companies and it's not wrong to do that. You, you've got to know your technicians need to know that you have their back right now. Your customer service reps need to know that you have their back right now. And uh, it's really important to look out for the health and safety of your team and to make sure that you can still help society and do as many good deeds as you can because everybody needs that right now. But also when appropriate, you have to charge for your services and get paid for them too so that you can continue to pay your employees and run your business, right? So once we address those and keep moving forward and the phones start ringing again, don't get too busy by just being busy. What has been a little bit of a silver lining in the crisis that's going on right now uh, with coronavirus is that some of us have had to step aside a little bit and think more than normal. Because how often do we just get sucked into the day-to-day, -day, the busyness, phones are ringing or the phones aren't ringing, whatever's going on, but we just get in our routines. And all of a sudden, some of us have had to wake up, step outside of our routine and think through processes, think through our company. What are we doing? Are we diversifying? Are we using all of our assets? Are we prioritizing our calls? Or are we just sending technicians out every time a customer calls? And are we paying attention? Wait a minute, technician A is always getting callbacks. Maybe we should address something or do some training. Like, are we thinking or are we just getting busy? So when the phones start ringing again, don't get busy, take a step back and let's prioritize so we know who to go to first. And of course, with prioritizing, it changes throughout the day. And that's where creative call taking comes in. With creative call taking, we, we do prioritize. And there's six criteria to prioritize. Again, this is on the video, creative call taking on YouTube, on the New Flat Rate YouTube channel. So it's very basic information, but pull out your pen, your pencil, your notebook, write this down. This is great, easy, simple training for your customer service reps that we can kind of focus on and work on today. When a call comes in and somebody needs service, the priority should go to a new relationship. A new customer that's calling in for demand service. Right now it's emergency service work. Most of all over the country, uh, most maintenance is shut down. So for emergency service, if it's a new relationship calling you, you've called the right place, I can help you with that. Then it's our service agreement customers, our customers that have been loyal to us and we've been loyal to them. Some of them have been with us for years. We wanna make sure that uh, we're getting to them because we've promised that we would be their service provider, right? Thirdly, it's new clients, new customers that we recently served. So let's say last week we were out in somebody's home doing a repair or a replacement, and now they have a problem, so it's essentially a callback. If it's a new customer calling back and they're not happy with service and something went wrong or maybe it's something else, we wanna make sure to prioritize them and to get out there right away. You still with me, Suzanne, or am I talking too much? No, I'm still with you. Hope everybody is. Sometimes I have a, a tendency to talk too fast and too much. <laughs> Four, it's established long-term clients. People that have been with us for a really, really long time, 
And again, this loyalty, and it can be priority number four, because we've worked together for so long and we know each other really well, that we can say, hey, Mrs. Smith, thanks so much for calling. You called the right place, as always. Can't wait to get out there and help you. Uh, but as you can understand with the, the current situation, I've got a, a lot of emergency calls, and I'll get to you as soon as I can. Will somebody be home tomorrow if you perhaps can't get there today? If there's been a long-term relationship established there, it's very possible and likely that Mrs. Smith will say, oh yeah, no problem. Actually just come out here next week whenever it works for you because she knows that you're gonna take care of her needs. Number five, the needs of the customer, depending on what it is. So maybe it's a heat spike. Maybe I know here in Georgia, it uh, was 80 degrees this weekend. We were so thankful because that's so good for so many businesses. It's cleared up, it's finally stopped raining. And so people can get out there and start doing more work again. And uh, if the customer calls, oh, I'm so hot, I've got a dog here in the house. It's you know, not breathing good because it's 80 degrees. You know, you have to assess that. Is that really a priority? 80 degrees, we can live with 80 degrees. We'll get out there when we can, you know, but if there's not any other calls, yes, we'll go to that one first. If there's other calls, they might not get first priority because they could still live with what it is that they have. And number six is prospects calling for bids and estimates. That's gonna be priority number six because if somebody's just calling, <laughs> Suzanne's got a little dog. <laughs> uh, prospects just calling around. Don't we all know that if somebody calls and wants and demands a price over the phone, if we give them a price over the phone, how likely are we to actually get that business? Not very likely, right? So if they're just calling around getting bids and estimates, we don't want to put them at the top of the list. We want to make sure that they give us a little bit more loyalty than that. It also helps too if when the um, person taking the call is asking the homeowner how much notice do we need to give you to get somebody into the home versus saying today or tomorrow or what day works for you um, because that way we can say when we have an hour notice or a half hour notice we'll give you a call and if it works we'll send a technician over if it doesn't work we'll put you back in line um, it also helps if we ask um, you know do you have a flooding situation and you know, if it's a water heater, you wanna make sure that if it's leaking from the bottom that, they're, that they know how to turn it off. So assure them that they don't have an emergency. They just don't have any hot water till we can get somebody over there. And um, that also lessens that urgency for the homeowner to feel um, the need to stress that something more terrible is going to happen than the flood in their basement floor. Yeah. Good, Sue. I've got a couple questions coming in on chat. I'm seeing Joe Gerolami. It's so good to see you on here. I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, so thanks for, for chiming in. You said, do you empower your frontline people to make it right for the customer when there is a complaint? Suzanne, how do you empower your people? Um, going from the new flat rate, I feel that we as employees have um, the ability to um, help that customer while we're on the phone with them and we have the support of our management team um, once we do make a um, decision on how we feel customer. Um, the, sa the same with the um, you know after hours calls that I take. It, like I said earlier, I will go through and make sure that they followed the processes that we have set up um, for the technician to follow and if they have by the end of the conversation, that customer is talked back into why he made the, made the metal selection that he did. If not, um, we know what we can do to, you know, refund or, you know, try to 
and make the experience with that customer, uh, you know, a happy one at the end of the call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. And Joe, I've seen it, you know, a couple different ways. You empower your frontline people to make it right for the customer. You know, if it has to do with money, especially over a certain dollar amount, that probably should go through management, you know, maybe up to a certain dollar amount. If it's a hundred dollars frontline can make the decision. If it's more, it needs to go through management. For example, there needs to be a process written out in place so that everybody feels comfortable and empowered. Uh, and I've found that frontline people, they like those boundaries. They like to know exactly where they fit in so they know how much they can give, but they also don't want to get in trouble and they want to keep you happy too as, as their boss. And so having it in writing what the criteria is, is very helpful for them. Um, something else with the frontline people, making it right. They just need to understand their job very well. So the importance of training the customer service people to ask the questions and to find out and to clarify. So if it's not, you know, if, it, if they're sending people on callbacks all the time, management needs to know that because you're losing money. So you definitely need to know those things. There's just gotta be parameters in place. So they know, you know, white and black, if that makes sense. You know, problem solving is what customer service is all about. There's no time for group brainstorming. Your customers mm -hmm. want their issues addressed now. So great customer service is getting to the heart of the issue and being able to provide a solution for them. You, you might not make them happy, but you've provided your solution. Great point, Suzanne. Justin said, in the case the customer puts it on me, I have offered something small to start. And a lot of times that will prompt them to suggest what they're thinking. And really that goes back to you, Heather. Um, so when the customer says, will you come up with something? Justin says, offer something little. Don't give them the whole bucket right away. And that's really good advice, Justin. And that works in all different areas of our lives when it comes to negotiating. You just move a little bit at a time and just to move the ball back and forth. Same with customer service and experiences like this. We just wanna move the ball just a little bit back and forth. And oftentimes, I think more often than not, you find they aren't thinking left field 100% refund. They're just thinking something smaller. And so we often too, too often give away the farm too soon. So to Justin's point, start with something small. And sometimes they might not even want anything. They might just want to know that that um, technician gets the feedback so that it doesn't happen again to them or somebody else. Mm -hmm. Just providing learning. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Joe. He says good responses. Being clear up front with your staff is key. It must come from top down. Yeah, and they want that. You know, they, they want those boundaries. And we're not all good at uh, at writing those boundaries all the time. It's not always, there's a lot of us that management is not our, our first skill set. And so we have to work on it all the time. And it took, it's taken me years to learn my different employees and that some of them, like they are pleasers, they're people pleasers. They want to do the right thing and they don't ever want to get in trouble for doing the wrong thing. If I don't have it written out for them in a boundary, they paralyze themselves and don't want to make a decision. And that's when you find them knocking on your door all the time, asking you questions 24 seven that really could be answered without you and they don't need you for, but they're afraid and paralyzed to make the decision. And so when we give them the boundaries, it allows them to flourish. Uh, 
Creative call taking is about maximizing the profit and the efficiency in your company. You know, especially right now, we want to make sure that we're doing goodwill for so many people in our communities because the world's having a hard time right now. And so we want to be doing a lot of good and helping people. But at the same time, we are in business, uh, you know, because we, we need to, to earn a living and we want to make sure to take care of our employees and our employees' families and we feel responsible for them. And so we have to maximize the opportunities that we have. We have to be very wise with how we uh, prioritize our calls. And that's why those six criteria work so well. And then pair that with good customer service and you've got a lot of loyalty coming your way. So build a loyal client base that's understanding and trusting back and forth. To do that, uh, you know, we talk about having set areas. So for example, with your criteria and a, a new customer calls in, are they calling in from a desirable area? Is it a neighborhood that you love to work in? Is it a neighborhood that has a lot of customers that have been really loyal to you for a long time? Do they provide in that neighborhood um, good customer referrals? Have you found that those customers refer you a lot? Do they sometimes have multiple systems? The reason that's important is if one's down, there might be another one that's still up and so that customer might be able to wait a little bit longer if needed. And no red flags. Maybe if it's uh, you know, somebody from a neighborhood that's way far away and you haven't had good experiences out there in the past, that might be a red flag and definitely one that, that wouldn't fall into your criteria when you're prioritizing. You wanna make sure to set the technician up for success and put the man on the money, put the right technician in the right location. And that takes training. So it's important with customer service to keep training your, your CSRs and your people on, on who to send to what kind of calls and not always just send the best technician to certain calls and let them have all the gravy train, but to put the man on the money and, and let them know. You know, we've been working on this year, uh, talking to a lot of people about what we're calling friendship marketing. Some of you have heard it as Victory Village, you know, really taking a neighborhood saying, hey, I wanna build a relationship with that neighborhood. And so we've, we've been coining friendship marketing lately because that's what it is, is building a relationship and being friends. And so uh, a good, friend of ours and customer Steve Moon chose a neighborhood that he wanted to become friends with and at the, what holiday was it? Halloween. He passed out pumpkins to everybody in the neighborhood. And then he passed out uh, ice scrapers to scrape the ice off the pumpkins. And he did like 1200, right, Suzanne? And now he's yeah. 2500, I don't know if he's mm -hmm. 1200 or 2500. But he passed out a lot of pumpkins and he called some farmers and got them for what, like a dollar a piece. So it was very affordable. And then they passed them out on all these doorsteps and somebody that hadn't ever been a customer really liked it and called and said, hey, will you bring me a Christmas tree? Of course he brought him a Christmas tree. And so then he went and he contacted a, uh, a farmer, a grower to grow in little baskets, some plants. It's a beautiful flower plant, right? Do you remember what kind? Watch me no, I don't. So he has this farmer growing all these plants and he did it, you know, way in advance. He was thinking ahead. And so now springtime, he's going to go pass out all these plants and he got them for just a couple dollars, very affordable, but to this neighborhood that he's building a relationship with, recognizing that it takes time, but that in and of itself, I mean, that's customer service. That's great customer service. It's paired with marketing, but it's loving on people and building a relationship with them. Let's see. I think I've got another question coming in. I just can't always see it. Can you see it, Suzanne? That way. 
you want me to pull it up? I, I'm afraid if I pull it up. I, you I got it. I got it. Okay. So Kelly says, how can you make customers feel at ease when making such a big purchase that they are receiving honest service? In the service industry, lots of customers are fearful that they are being scammed. Often, I direct customers to read our online reviews and look at previous customer comments. Any ideas to ensure customers that our HVAC company prides itself on honest and reliable service? Kelly, that's a great question. Uh, the roof that I had put on on Friday was $18,000. $18,000. It, that, that was really expensive. And I feel that big purchases, it's very easy to have buyer's remorse. So of course the next day my husband was all upset on Saturday. He's like, ah, you know, we shouldn't have went with them. It was way too much money. We should have never done that. You know, we got scammed. I was like, wait a minute. We had five companies come out here and quote for our new roof. And this company sent four people up from Atlanta. They sat with us at our kitchen table. They took time, heard all of our concerns, they gave us the price up front, like all the other companies did too. We knew they were more expensive, but they had a lot to offer. They had a great warranty and they were nice and they cared. And anyway, all that to say, fast forward to on Wednesday of this week, they came back out and they walked the whole property with us and let us point out things because we'd never gotten a new roof before. And so we said, hey, you know, is it supposed to be like that? Or what about this? Or, hey, there's a couple nails still in the driveway. And so the guys that came out on Wednesday walked around our house, picked up all the extra nails, wouldn't let us touch anything, made sure we were happy and we weren't paying a dime until we were happy. And that was a really big purchase. And now here it is a week later, we're like, oh my gosh, we love our new roof. It's so gorgeous. I don't know if that really relates at all. I might've just pulled that out of left field. I just feel that, you know, it just happened to me, but I am really happy with them. So nowadays, back to your question, how do you make the customer feel at ease when making a big purchase uh, that you're being honest? Listening to them and then making sure that your whole company is providing great service. And so it's not just one person in the company, for example, the salesperson. So it's not just a blowing smoke salesperson that's trying to get the sale, but that your whole company is a loyal, honest, nice, caring company. I think that that goes a long ways. Um, your reviews, very smart. Testimonies, customer testimonies, always provide those, whether you provide it in a packet, on a website, um, emails, things like that too. You know, I love that you say that um, your HVAC company prides itself on honest and reliable service. And I think so many do, but how do we convey that to our customers, Suzanne? Um, I think it all starts back with the initial call. If when somebody calls in, um, they've they've got a concern. They might not know what it's going to take to fix that concern, but they know they're going to spend money. Mm -hmm. And so, um, if a, if the call taker can simply say, you know, the technician will come out, do a thorough evaluation, and he'll be able to provide you options for you to choose right there is going to take some of the tension down because they know now they have options. So they might have a lot of money and they might have a little money, but mm -hmm. they know there's options. There's not just one fix. Mm -hmm. So when that technician, you know, actually does the thorough evaluation, goes through his findings and presents those three to five options, they can pick the money that they can afford and what work they want to have done, they might be moving, so a Band-Aid's gonna be fine for them. They might be an older person, 
So they might pick the platinum because they want that warranty. They want somebody to come back and make sure something has not slipped in another year because they don't want to worry about it ever again. Mm -hmm. So if by letting them choose, that takes the pressure off of you and it lets them be in control and it's their home. So them being in control is what we want. Mm -hmm. Then there's no buyer's remorse because they know why they chose what they chose. Yeah. And a lot of the times we see somebody might be able to just afford, you know, a silver, but might want the platinum. So we'll do the silver. And when they have the money to move up, we'll tell them, we'll come back. We'll give them the credit for the silver. We'll, we won't charge them another service coffee, but we'll do the work of the platinum when they, when they have the money back. But we got them in, back in business until they can save up the money to do what they really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Good point. Suzanne, I love that you're bringing it back to the options, giving the customer the options and never making them feel backed into a corner. So we're not ever trying to high pressure sell a customer. And that goes so far. And that's why we do what we do and do it the way that we do. Right. So making sure that your team is following the script and that you're presenting options on every call will really help that too. You know, an important thing to remember is a unique customer service experience can't be replaced. That remember that your technician said, but they'll remember that they selected what they could and why they selected it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. We've got another comment from Stan who says, we had a customer that we had quoted a special thermostat. Found out we didn't have that thermostat in our van. We didn't order it. Problem was, this was on a Friday. By Saturday, the customer was texting the tech, wondering what the model or part number was. He was thinking that the price quoted was more than the part was worth. Not quite sure how to ask the question. Dan says, how would you go about letting the customer know the value they are getting with us coming back on Monday and install the right unit? So the first of all, what, what I would have recommended they do if, if the thermostat wasn't working, so it's not calling heat at all or, or air at all, you know, whatever you have on the truck, at least repair it with that. So until you can get your part, it's working because it, if you can get it to work before you leave the customer and, and you've got them to pay for it, the customer has stopped shopping in their mind. It works again. They know you're going to come back. You're not going to charge them again. So they've stopped shopping in their own mind. Mm -hmm. um, we also have some material that we can provide to you if somebody does ask for, um, you know, how are our prices broke down that you could provide to a customer that's not necessarily, you know, mm -hmm. itemizing a part per se. Yeah, that's true. That's a good sheet that you're talking about. Um, yeah, so send me an email and I'll be happy to forward that on to you. Suzanne at menupricing.com. Yeah, good point. And then how would you let the customer know uh, that they are getting, wait, wait, wait. How would you go about letting the customer know the value they are getting with us coming back on Monday and install the right unit? It goes back to following the script, Mr. Customer, you know, following the script, our top option is this. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe even putting it back in the customer's court saying, did you want another option? You can still have that thermostat, but did you want another option? Uh, we're not trying to force you into a corner. This is a great option that you chose. Is that really what you wanted? And then, um, telling them, yeah, when they're on a price shop, it's not about the part. Mm -hmm. It's back to, hey, you know, we went, we ordered the right one. We're coming back a second time. We're sending a fully certified technician, fully stacked truck. 
Uh, we're a reputable company that's fully insured. If we make a problem, we're guaranteeing it. We're going to come back. We're going to fix it. So sometimes you do have to sell them a little bit on, on you as a, com as a company. And there's also a, a, you know, a script for if they've got their own part that, you know, you would follow and, you know, you would, if you, if you stick to the script, you're going to get yourself out of all those troubles. It's when you start going away from the script where you're backing yourself into a corner. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because they want it, they can look, anybody can look up a part. Anybody can think that just because it has a green sticker on it, it's doing the same thing that the one that you put in for me did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The real uniqueness about following the script is you're putting it in customer terms. You're taking it out of the tech, the technician understands, mm -hmm. not the customer. Yeah. Those are our quick tips for customer service. Oh, wait, before I move too far, I might have one more chat. Oh, Stan said, thank you very much. Thank you for that, Stan. Um, so those were all our, our quick tips today on customer service, a down and dirty talk that I think we all need to be reminded of for customer service. Check in on our people. Make sure that they're loving on your customers. They're following the processes that you think that they're following. Uh, and then just some, some quick criteria. I wanted to remind everybody to watch that video on YouTube, the creative call taking video on criteria for dispatching. Any other final questions today? Uh, Matthew Richardson, thank you. He said, thank you. This is very informative. Hey, I really appreciate everybody jumping on the call today. Uh, it's been fun to meet with you and hang out and talk about customer service, which comes down to caring about people and loving on customers. Um, but remember, put into your script, hey, you called the right place. I can help you with that. Those words will go a long way. So thanks, everybody, for joining in on Member Day. Let us know if you need anything. We love to uh, always be talking and have a great afternoon.